0: Hey guys, this is Doug with fellowshipofthemartyrs.com um, Coming to you from Liberty, Missouri Going to do another series on uh, Another video on the demonology series I want to talk to you about unforgiveness uh, Let's pray first, okay? Lord Jesus, we thank you, we praise you We ask that you'd be fully in charge in this time That you just set a shield around about Everyone that's listening to this video that you would block the enemy from speaking in the name of Jesus, and that you would speak by the Holy Spirit to their hearts of any area of unforgiveness in them that that needs to be cleaned up. We thank you, Lord, and we praise your holy name. We know that your word says that you will not forgive us unless we forgive others. And so we're asking you, Lord, to please clean us up anywhere uh, that there might be something uh, hidden in us that we need to deal with. In the name of Jesus, uh, amen. Okay, specifically we're doing a video about unforgiveness. Now, the actual sin itself is not a demon, okay? Like we we talked about before, um, lust or homosexuality or um, self-condemnation, whatever, itself uh, is a sin. Double-mindedness, fear, because we received that voice implemented it, and acted upon it, and thus made it our ruler, made it our Lord. Because Jesus says, I don't want you to be afraid, I don't want you to be lonely, I don't want you to look at porn, I don't want you to whatever, but we listen to whatever other voice said that we should instead. Uh, So it says that uh, the double-minded, the fearful, the unbelieving, the homosexual, the adulterer, whatever, will burn in the lake of fire. Well, that seems like a pretty high standard for the unbelieving, the double-minded, the fearful. Um, Yeah, it's because they're listening to that voice and obeying that voice instead of obeying the Lord their God. So, it's still, it it, it may not seem like, well, you're a murderer, you're a fornicator, you're a liar. Well, no, I was just scared. You're still going to burn in the lake of fire. Okay, I'm not being harsh, that's what the Bible says. Why? Why does that happen? Because it's just gravity. It's not God being angry trying to curse you. It's just gravity. If you jump off a building, you will go splat. You can curse gravity all the way to the ground as much as you want. It doesn't matter. You're still going to go splat when you hit the pavement. That's just the way it works. If you listen to some voice other than God and you obey it, then you have made it your Lord and you're going to go splat. You you, you can't expect anything else. And you can curse about it all you want and deny the reality of it on your way down in the free fall. You're still going to go splat. As it relates to unforgiveness, there are several things when I go to pray for somebody for deliverance um, or for healing or for whatever, there are several things that are very, very seriously going to clog up your cup Clog up your pipeline to God. Keep you from hearing God. Uh, keep you from having authority, um, from receiving healing, from whatever. Um, now, not always. Sometimes in His mercy, He'll heal uh, a heathen just to show them how real He is or whatever. But uh, but the Bible says that if you do not forgive others, then He will not forgive you. Which means that if you have unforgiveness in your heart and you're holding on to some ugly kernel of bitterness um, that you refuse to lay down then you are disobeying the Lord you're not obeying his commands to forgive 70 times 7 and so on you're under Deuteronomy 28 curses and just like gravity bad things are going to happen Satan is going to be able to exploit that little area and mess with you now you need to understand that the enemy tries to leave these things unresolved tries to convince you to not have closure on these areas um, so that they can still be alive. The Lord wants forgiveness to flow so that this can be slammed shut and the enemy can't use that as a gateway anymore to mess with you, uh, as, a, as a, a way to attack you anymore. Now, um, psychology has all kinds of words that they've made up to observe what people are going through and try and describe it. Just because psychology describes something or has a word for it doesn't mean that it, that they're automatically wrong. A lot of psychology is simply studying human behavior and trying to get a handle on the typical way that people behave, like the five stages of grief. Typically, people are going to go through, you know, anger, um, denial, and all the way to acceptance. You know, and that's not doctrine that's created that's just observance of what people go through so some things like post-traumatic stress disorder are simply um, psychology looking at people going wow they seem to really be fixated on that event and unable to to progress past that event um, maybe it's when they were molested as a little kid maybe it's something that happened to them in the war maybe um, maybe it's when they were raped on the subway, whatever, but they seem to be fixated on that spot and unable to move forward. So let's go deal with that, and then we'll, be, we'll see growth continue to flow. Okay, that's perfectly reasonable, observational way of dealing with things. And uh, a lot of times, I'm going to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, why are they spiritually like a five-year-old? They just can't seem to grow. And he said, well, that's, you know, their Uncle Ed raped them when they were five. And you need to deal with that. Go back, talk about that, and um, get it settled. And I'm like, well, I'm kind of hearing your Uncle Ed raped you when you were five, and you've still got unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart about it, and that's clogging you up. Then they start crying. How did you know that? Nobody knew that. I've never told anybody that. Well, God knew. And God knows you're still holding it against Uncle Ed, and maybe you're still holding it against God, and... If you've got unforgiveness in your heart toward somebody, that's really bad. If you've got unforgiveness in your heart toward God, that's the worst. Um, I was down at Gospel for Asia headquarters in uh, uh, in Texas, in Dallas, um, on my big trip around the country, and uh, there was this kid there. Um, the The director that I knew from Gospel for Asia, they have an all night staff prayer meeting. It's really beautiful and and I've been I've been asking the Lord, please, you know, if there's any way I can get down there, and it just worked out that I was in Dallas uh, right after Thanksgiving, right when they were having their um, their prayer meeting, and uh, I got to stay up all night and pray with them and stuff. And the director, he's like, just do whatever you do. I lose you to just do whatever. So I'm like, okay, Lord, who's the bleeding, sucking, chest wound in the room? He says that kid right there. <coughs> so I look at him, I'm like, oh man, he's a mess. Um, Anyway, so I go around talk to him like, uh, "Hey, I'm Doug. Uh, how you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm fine." I'm like, "No, really." He's like, "I'm a mess, man. I'm I'm just a wreck." Well, he's on and he's on Xanax and Prozac and a whole bunch of stuff. He's got all kinds of anxiety disorders and and depression and stuff. He's barely surviving Dallas, and God's calling him to go to India, and it's freaking him out, and he doesn't want to go. Well, I look at his cup. And he's got a little row of blue stuff, a little row of Jesus, big mass of yellow stuff of self and soulish nature, and a whole bunch of red stuff, fear, unforgiveness, whatever. So I'm like, wow, this guy's a mess. And so I'm kind of scanning him, and I see he's got a really messed up dad filter. That's one of the things I'm going to look for right away. Uh, Are they putting God in a box shaped like Earth Dad? And and limiting God in some way—that He's unavailable, that He's untrustworthy, that He doesn't love me—whatever, nasty dad filter. Well, this kid is just real sweet. He's probably 23 or something like that, and but he's kind of like a like an invisible wallflower. You know, the kind of guy that at the school dance, just nobody even notices that he's there. And he's perfected it to an art where he can just disappear in any room, and. uh, so I'm talking to him, I'm like, so uh, you pretty much <coughs> <coughs> um, learned to just keep your head down and uh, maybe you wouldn't get beat on and whatever. And um, oh, I said, I said, so you remember all those times your dad would push you on the swings, kiss your boo-boos and, and tell you how much he loves you and, and how much he cared for you? And he says, no, my dad died when I was two. I'm like, okay, so stepdads beat on you, whatever you learn to just keep your head down and hide, and maybe you would be okay. He's like, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, how do I know anything? And uh, I'm like, so uh, that explains why there's so much you in your cup, because you think you pretty much got to do everything yourself, because dads are unavailable, they're not going to come when you call. You're pretty much on your own, God's not going to come through for you, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps kind of stuff. And uh, he's like, well, I guess so. And I said, Lord, can we, can we get all this fear and stuff off of him? No. Why not? Because of the dad filter. He doesn't believe I'm going to come for him. He doesn't believe I'm going to help because dads aren't like that. Okay, can we deal with the dad filter? No. Why not? Because of the unforgiveness. I'm like, what? He's like, he's, he's got unforgiveness in his heart toward me for taking his dad when he was two, for giving him this family, for giving him this life. He's mad at me. I'm like, oh, that's bad. I mean, he's all ate up inside. He's got irritable bowel, he's got ulcers, he's got all kinds of internal problems manifesting from the stress level that he's under. If you have unforgiveness in your heart toward a person, that's bad. If you got unforgiveness in your heart toward God, that's humongous, humongous. Satan will so use that against you. Satan so whispered that to you because God is perfect and his plan is best and he knows what he's doing you just you just that's just Antichrist in the extreme that's just Adam and Eve in the garden oh he didn't really mean that oh he he wouldn't do that to me you know I mean that's just you defining God into something that of your own making and that's horrible so I'm talking to this kid and I'm like so um you feel like you got unforgiveness in your heart toward God for taking your dad and you know giving you this life and everything he's like well, I don't think so. I'm like, well, you were two years old. You, who else are you going to blame? You can't blame Mom. She's the only one left standing. You know, you pretty much got to blame God because all night long you pray, God, please send my daddy back, and he doesn't send daddy back. And, you know, he's like, well, I guess so. I, I don't really know. I said, I'll tell you what. Uh, I know that you're like all clogged up and having a really hard time hearing God, right? And he's like, oh, man, I haven't heard God in months and months and months. I'm like, well, I got a really big antenna, so I'm going to run a jumper cable from my antenna to your antenna, and I'm just going to pray that you would hear an answer to this real loud, okay? And you ask God if you've got unforgiveness in your heart toward God, and I put my hand on his shoulder, and I just pray in the spirit, everything I got in me, just, Lord, help him to hear real good, and and use my pipeline, my, my fiber optic line to get an answer, because his little antenna is all clogged up and stuff, whatever. Not ten seconds, he says, Yeah, the Lord says I got unforgiveness in my heart toward him. And I'm like, Okay, you realize that's really bad, right? I mean, I understand he's not real mad about it because it was you were a kid, but you're a grown up now, and this has gotta stop. You gotta lay this down. Because he knows best and he knows what he's doing. He says, Yeah. So, okay, and this is a guy that's on staff for a missionary sending agency and no little missionary sending agency either. The gospel for Asia is a cool Anyway, so... <clears throat> so we pray and cry and ask the Lord to get it out and everything, and and then we start talking about the dad filter and, and that we need to crush that thing and get that out, this lens that he looks at God through that's shaped like Earth Dad so that he puts God in this box and his experience with dads is so bad is either no experience at all or stepdads that are going to beat you and, and molest you or whatever. <sighs> So we talk about needing to crush the dad filter. I got a bunch, bunch of videos about that. You can go look them up on the channel. And uh, <clears throat> so as soon as we're praying, and I said, "Look, just take your sword of the spirit. Say you're sorry for putting him in a box. Take your sword and just crush this lens, this filter up into a million pieces, and ask God to just be dad to you in whatever way He wants." He's like, "Okay." So we're praying, and the Lord says, "Now, as soon as He crushes this, just..." just pounce on him like tigger and hug the stuffing out of him and love him and and tell him how much I'm gonna take care of him and how much I love him and whatever it's okay so and this guy he don't he, he's like 125 pounds or 150 pounds or something he, he little skinny guy he and I just pounce on him and he he's not used to being hugged but he just melts. And I just get to be the father for a minute and be the hands, the arms of the father and hug on him and he just melts and cries and and dad's giving him a hug and it's just beautiful. Now, sometimes somebody will have been raped and they get on the subway and the guy behind them is wearing the same aftershave as the guy that raped them and all this stuff comes flooding back. The way I like to describe this is that the enemy plants landmines he will he will take some highly emotional moment where of hurt and keep it keep it active keep it live so that it's like live ammo so and he plants these things around your life so that anytime you step on it it blows your leg off and here we go again back into therapy back into medication whatever because it just reminds you of all of this stuff that is unresolved and Satan, wants to keep things open, keep the the, the the ties dangling. And God wants to start taking them down and, and dealing with it so that nothing can be used against you. And that requires forgiveness to flow. <clears throat> so, I want you to just take a hard look at your own life. Any areas where you have unforgiveness toward God, most especially, that is absolutely without excuse. You do not get to tell God that he did you wrong. Um, and be unforgiving about it. Now, you can complain, Lord, this hurts a lot. Lord, if there's a way for this cup to pass over me. I understand that. I've, I've done a lot of yelling at the Lord. And at a certain point, he says, that's it. You say one more word about this, you're rebelling and you're denying me. I, I listened to your complaint. Now we're done. Okay. And I know when to stop. Um, And you don't hold on to that. And you don't let the enemy get you angry at God because your husband died, because... Whatever. I'm not trying to be unfeeling. But you don't... You don't get to tell God he's wrong. Just a minute! Oh, sorry. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, We, uh... The video, so not <laughs> they're all out there yeah yeah anyway <laughs> so uh sorry about that lots of people here try to find a room where I can get some quiet these landmines have to be deactivated and you can do that with love and forgiveness now Jesus praise God throws his arms open wide, he says, come here, buddy, I love you. And then we stab him in the heart. We're like, oh, Lord, I, I, I'm sorry. I, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stab you. It's okay, buddy, come here, I love you. And then we stab him in the heart. He's oh, Lord, I did it again. I'm sorry, Lord, please forgive me. It's okay, buddy, come here. And we stab him in the heart. He never at any point says, look, look, I forgive you, but I'm never going to trust you again. I'm never going to let you near me again. He throws his arms open every time, Trust the Father to get him through no matter how much pain we cause him. And he just embraces us despite our ugliness, despite our sin, despite our hatred for his ways and forgives us over and over and over and forgets. And he says that it's as far as the east is from the west. Buried under the ocean scrubbed out of his remembrance. One time at the furniture store I had a a gal that was there. She used to, used to have been a stripper for a period in her life. And it was part of her testimony and everything and the Lord delivering her out of that. I mean, actually sent a guy in answer to her prayer into the strip club to give her a word from the Lord and call her out of that life. Um... I was in a, a weird place I am at that point Rush Limbaugh you know Republican white guy business owner suburban I mean <laughs> and I turned everything over to the Lord and people start coming to volunteer at my furniture store people that have been jewel thieves strippers prostitutes crack dealers all kinds of stuff that are saved and redeemed and, and teaching me how to hear God better and and people that see demons all the time people that had to get on crack to make it stop because it was so strong you know um, until they got right with the Lord and one night she's I'm I'm lighting a candle or something for um, we're having a meeting Uh, we got this like lampstand thing and uh, she comes and brings me a match and lights the candle and it just the weirdness of the whole thing just kinda strikes me all of a sudden and I'm like I can't believe the Lord would send a stripper to help at my furniture store. And she kind of hangs her head a minute and walks off, you know, and I don't realize how much I hurt her. Um, she was a mighty woman of God, a prophet, you know, powerful, anointed, sister, the, who I loved. And something careless came out of my mouth about who she was. And it was part of her testimony and she couldn't deny it. And she didn't say anything. She just walked off. Within 10 seconds, I'm on my knees. By force, God pounds me onto my knees and is screaming at me and says, How dare you call her that? How dare you call her that? She never was. She is a daughter and a princess of the king. How dare you call her that? I'm like, but, but, Lord, but she was, but, but, but he's like, I don't care what she ever was. It's under the ocean as far as the east is from the west. And I don't need you digging it up and reminding me of it. You say you're sorry right now. And I'm like, but, but, and, <laughs> and I'm chasing her across the furniture store showroom on my knees. Please, please, please. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not, you never were. You're a daughter the Princess and King. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. she's like, no, it's, it's okay, it's okay. And the Lord's like, that's not good enough. And I'm like, no, 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 really, really, I'm really, really sorry. And he showed her how much he does not see her that way, and it's not okay to refer to her that way. And he showed me the seriousness of what it means when he forgives. That he does not want us reminding him of that old man, of that old flesh, of that old situation. Once we've repented for it, it's gone. And any voice that tries to remind you of it again is not God. There are some things that keep unforgiveness alive. I was talking to a sister one time, and she had had an abortion. And she was haunted by this all the time. And the enemy was constantly using it against her and uh, uh, turning it into paralysis and, and guilt and all kinds of stuff. And I said, why, why is this still live? Haven't you repented to the Lord for this? I've repented hundreds of times, hundreds of times. I'm like, well, you, you only need to repent once. Anything more than that is, is, not, is not given credit to the blood of Jesus. You only need to repent once to Him. Why is this still active? She's like I don't know but it haunts me all the time. I said, "Lord, why is this why is this landmine not deactivated?" He said, "She apologized to me, but she never apologized to the person she killed." I'm like, "Oh, man, I never even thought about that." I mean, if I punch you in the nose, first I need to say I'm sorry to God because him I hurt the most. He is holy. Okay, you're not holy. I need to apologize to God first because I should have known better. I shouldn't have sinned against Him. Whatever. Then I need to apologize to the person I punched in the nose. Then it's settled. Then it's deactivated. Now, even if they didn't receive it, even if they didn't say, I forgive you, whatever. I did my job. I I, I let forgiveness flow whether they receive it or not. As far as I'm concerned, it's deactivated and Satan cannot use it against me anymore. Everybody involved, I repented to. Well... We we believe because of media and culture, whatever, that this is a zygote, that this is a fetus, that this is a pre-birth tissue sample, something, that this is not a person, and it is. And when she got a hold of that, that this this kid had a name. God named this kid, and this kid's in heaven. And she repented to the kid, then it was disarmed. And Satan could no longer use it. But so long as, as forgiveness hadn't flowed, repentance hadn't flowed on, on, on that level, it was still alive. So I'm urging you, I'm about to run out of battery on the camera, I think. I'm urging you to just forgive any areas of unforgiveness. This is going to eat up your stomach. If you have hidden unforgivenesses, they will have embedded um gallstones kidney stones irritable bowel ulcers <clears throat> some of that can be from stress and worry which is a